Now onto the weather. Cooler temperatures are coming over the next few days with big temperature swings between night and day. And starting Friday night, rainy weather will be blown in by strengthening northeasterly winds. A low-pressure zone to the southeast of Taiwan could develop into a tropical storm over the next few days. But forecasters say it is unlikely to directly hit Taiwan. Let's hear from the Central Weather Bureau. This depression to the north will move toward Japan and won't have any direct impact on us. Meanwhile, it seems that a low-pressure area to the south will stay there and strengthen for a while. It may turn into a tropical depression and move toward Luzon Island. It may even strengthen into a tropical storm. It's rather unlikely that it will have any direct impact on us. Starting Friday, rains will sweep in from the north and to the east, and heavier precipitation will move in from the northeast to Hualien and Taidong. Residents in mountainous areas of Taipei and people living in the northeast should pay special attention to that. Showers will be lighter on Sunday, but the chance of rain will remain quite high. Forecasters say that with the recent earthquakes, the rainy weather could loosen soil on mountain slopes. Members of the public should take special care and stay safe if planning an outing to the mountains. Today in our Spotlight series, we meet Alexander King Chen, a world-renowned Taiwanese-American fashion designer. Three years ago, he began making fashion films. His three short films won several awards at international film festivals, including Best Artistic Director and Best Visual and Special Effects Awards at the London Film Festival. FTV, FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Chen to find out more about his films. This is Alexander King Chen, an award-winning Taiwanese-American fashion designer and now filmmaker. Bones, no bones, no blood in you. Combining his love for fashion and film, he spent three years making three short films, In Human Love, Kill Burn, and Are You in Heaven, for which he also designed the clothing and soundtracks. His first film won Best Artistic Director and Best Visual and Special Effects Awards and was nominated for Best Fashion Film and Best Music Awards at London Film Festival 2020. Uh, the first poem in Human Love uh, was our first baby, and um, it's very, very abstract, as we can see. Um, it's we wanted to kind of give people the idea that if it's not, we don't have that much time. The time to do something is now, um, and our metaphor is refer. I don't. Uh, we're referring to Mother Earth. The time is now. Our second film is. Um, it was inspired by Jazz. She. Uh, we were looking at uh, certain very important things that we cared about. And she mentioned that, you know, we both read a lot of uh, newspaper articles about people, young children killing themselves because of not enough likes and posts. And then so it would, it's ba uh, basically we're reminding young kids out there that there's still more to life than just social media. It's great, it's a great platform. If you can use it to your advantage, beautiful. Um, otherwise, um, there's other things in life that deserve our attention, such as love, creativity, which is very important. When I was uh, at my lowest, I used, um, I, I, I picked up cello, I, I learned something to the guitar, I started writing my own music. So that really lifted me out of my dark spot. Chen says his films and songs were greatly inspired by his late mother. Before his mother passed, she did 10 years of community service. She was in a wheelchair, blind and on dialysis, but she still went to visit patients in the hospital twice a week. 
When his mother passed away, Chen decided to turn to creating music and films to spread kindness and inspire others. He hopes to encourage his viewers to seize the time, take care of the earth, and cherish time with loved ones. Before we lost her, for 10 years of her life, she was on dialysis, she was in a wheelchair, and she's blind. But she still took two days out of her week to go do community service. Uh, after she left us, I realized how, what a selfish person I was because it's always about me, 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 me. And then, so then I, I thought that, you know, to continue kindness uh, on the planet, I realized I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer, I can't save people, but what I can do is use uh, our artwork to inspire or to create films. Chen was born in Los Angeles and grew up in Taiwan. At the age of 18, he went to London to study at Central St. Martin's and later went to France to further his studies. He has worked in the U.S. and Paris for many years with brands such as Versace, Proenza Schooler, Estee Lauder, and many others. He also has his own clothing brand. A few years ago, he ventured into the world of fashion filmmaking. He gives some advice for people hoping to get in the field. We started incorporating music, dance, ballet performance in our fashion show. So that's how kind of we started. So I want to let the audience know, just be creative with your work. It's not a problem. And I think that's what allured me into putting my foot forward and doing more and more. My second thing that I want to encourage people is to have the courage to, to, to ask, to, 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 to try. Chen released his three short films for free on YouTube. He, he says that through his films, he hopes to carry on his mom's acts of kindness and to inspire more people through fashion and film. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang, Li Han, and Huang Yanchen in Taipei. Raymond Song, founder of Light On Technology, has made a donation of thousands of books to youth around Taiwan. He says it's a show of his commitment to public welfare, for which he has been a loud-spoken advocate even after his retirement. At an event on Thursday, Song partnered up with notable figures across art and business to promote education in humanities in Taiwan. Light On Technology founder Raymond Song, the Alliance Cultural Foundation chair Stanley Yen, former TSMC treasurer Harvey Chang, and Cloudgate Dance Theatre founder Lin Huai Min made a rare appearance on stage together for this charitable event led by Song to promote the humanities in Taiwan. UMC Honorary Vice Chair John Shen, keeping a lower profile, also showed his support at the event. Technology does not lie beyond the humanities. If one book gets read by 20 different people, then with 50,000 copies, more than 1 million people will read it. Song, an avid reader, feels that Taiwan's technological advancement has led to neglect of its cultural capital. In light of this, he selected 11 books, including works by Lin Huai Min, Stanley Yen, and Harvey Chang, and spent millions to send 50,000 copies of these books to college-level institutes, universities, and startup teams. He hopes to encourage the younger generation to strengthen their cultural understanding through reading. The Xingang Foundation of Culture and Education began to buy and distribute books. The reason why children and teachers that have been so busy lately is all because of Chairman Song. Lin joked that his retirement life has been made busy because of Song. Meanwhile, Yen said he had withdrawn from the tourism and hotel industry and was now enjoying retirement in southeast Taiwan. The former tourism magnate shared his view on the pandemic's impact on the tourism industry and the government's decision to soon remove travel quarantines in Taiwan. 
In this next stage, large numbers of tourists will not be able to immediately come to Taiwan because we have not readjusted. This goes for sightseeing to more in-depth understanding of Taiwan's culture and civilization. Whether from the pandemic, war, or economic depression, there are always insights to be gained from misery. Song said that the world has been swept with countless trials, including the current international energy situation, inflation, COVID, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Song says he keeps an open mind, adding that there is insight and hardship and that only continuous learning can drive Taiwan forward. With international travel still difficult, domestic tourism is changing rapidly. A big trend is luxury tourism, and upmarket coach and bus tours are on the rise. One company is offering tours on a specially made coach with just eight seats. They say it's as fancy as any business class airplane cabin. Another is providing bus tours with a stay at a hot spring. Let's take a look. The seat gently reclines, and the passenger takes off his slippers for a nice nap. Manufacturing the seats on this coach cost 100,000 NT apiece. They recline at up to 145 degrees, while a special attendant brings a drink for you to enjoy. No matter how steep the road, your wine glass will be safe and sound here. You can fold out a dining table to eat while you enjoy a film. The coach company spent 20 million NT dollars on this eight-seat coach, the first in the world. The seats are clearly a cut above. If there's a lot of interest in this upmarket service, then we plan to possibly make three to five more vehicles later this year. Because with initial costs of 20 million NT, including the staff, to be honest, we're hoping we can make it back within five years. But taking a trip on the coach will cost a pretty penny. A two- to three-day tour, including accommodation and board, is 60,000 to 80,000 NT dollars per person. If you want to hire the entire coach, that'll cost at least 50,000 NT dollars a day. And that's not the only company pivoting towards luxury. Another company is offering tours for four people on this nine-person bus. The driver's service comes included, as well as one night at a hot springs resort. But only if you're prepared to pay 40,000 NT dollars ahead for a two-day outing. Central Bank on Thursday decided to raise its key interest points for the third consecutive quarter this year. The bank says that the small hike of 0.125 percentage points comes amid expectations that inflation will cool down in the second half of the year. It adds that the consumer price index is expected to fall to 1.88 percent in 2023, down from the 2.95 percent expected for this year. Also on Thursday, the bank revised down its expected GDP growth rate for 2022 to 3.51%. It said that big interest rate hikes in Europe and the U.S. could further hinder the growth of Taiwan's economy. Over in the U.S., the Fed has raised interest rates by 0.75 percentage points for the third time in a row. Fed Chair Jerome Powell signaled that another big rate hike of 1.25 percentage points could come before year's end. 
The governor of Taiwan's central bank, Yang Jinglong, says the U.S. reached its current high inflation levels due to issues related to supply and demand, whereas Taiwan's inflation was caused by price rises in imported products. He added that the executive yuan had long instated price stabilization measures for commodities and energy. Whether the central bank will continue to raise interest rates in the future remains to be seen. Local elections are close now, and in the capital, some local boroughs have interesting choices at the ballot box. Two candidates from borough chief are much younger than the average local leader. In Taipei, Luo Zhiyou is doing his best to win voters' hearts by demonstrating his energy and problem-solving talents. Meanwhile, 23-year-old Li Pingjun wants to give younger people more opportunities to shine. We chatted with two of the capital's youngest aspiring leaders. White shirt, gelled hair, strong brow, large eyes, double eyelids. He could be an entertainment industry idol. But no, it's a candidate for borough chief in Xinyi district. Luo Ziyou has already won fans online, but winning votes on the ground is more tough. To be honest, at first the older ladies I would talk to at the vegetable market weren't very open to me. They thought I was too young. I think that gradually over time we were very hardworking and we went there every day and chatted to them and asked what their needs were and that touched them. It seems a handsome young man doesn't get an easy ride with the housewife demographic. People really care about the service the local borough leader will offer. But over time, Law says he has won more support by regularly visiting the markets and strolling the streets. He was born in the 80s and has worked as a retail agent. This is his first time running for election. When my neighbor has a leak or too much junk piled up in the basement, I go and find some information to see how other people deal with it. So if I run into a similar situation, I can think of a way to help solve it. And I tell people to give a newcomer a chance. The main thing is to show that I'm full of energy. And while Xin Yi considers Luo, in Nangang there's an even younger candidate. Tall and slender, with delicate face and a mane of long hair. Liancheng Borough Chief Candidate Li Pingjun is just 23 years old. She previously worked in the Electoral Services Office of Taipei City Council at Li Mingxian and learned how tough campaigns can be while fighting on Li's behalf. Even on rainy days, she's out talking to voters on the street. The residents of the borough are very passionate. When I go out to talk to people for a few days, it increases my confidence. People have been quite open-minded towards me. We're ready for a new generation to step up. I hope to give more opportunities to young people. Lee is winning hearts and minds, and the electoral freebies are also going down well. In this post-pandemic age, a little package containing a mask is the obvious choice for a local election memento. These young candidates are doing their best to demonstrate their dedication and potential in a field that traditionally can be hard to break into. Preparations and rehearsals are underway ahead of National Day on October 10th. The military on Thursday morning conducted a brief flypass over the presidential office, offering a sneak peek at what's to come. 
Organizers say there will be plenty of novelties, including a marching band performance by a group of Japanese high schoolers known as the Orange Devils. The sound of helicopters fills the air. A Black Hawk helicopter, an Apache, and a Chinook sail across the sky near the presidential office on Thursday morning. They are training for the National Day Flypast, which is just over two weeks away. As with previous years, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has produced a video to celebrate the National Day. It covers a variety of subjects, including the gradual return to normalcy after COVID, the full referendums in December 2021, and the united support for Ukraine from the government and the general public. It also features footage of the many foreign delegations that visited Taiwan over the past year, with officials from the US, Japan, the EU, and Taiwan's diplomatic allies. It also underscores the importance of Taiwan's semiconductor industry, showing to the world just how valuable Taiwan is. Rays of color shoot at the center of the screen. This year's National Day logo represents Taiwan's commitment to self-defense and unity. The visual will be featured on many goodies to celebrate the day, including limited-edition face masks, bucket hats, and thermoses. It concentrates this energy from all sides and directions. It represents the idea of a diverse nation with a variety of ideas. All these ideas flow into the center, creating a strong and powerful energy. This year, Taiwan will be celebrating 50 years of friendship with Japan. To mark the occasion, a marching band from Kyoto Tachibana Senior High School, known as the Orange Devils, will be putting on a grand performance on the day. The marching band will arrive in Taiwan on October 5th. They'll conduct exchanges with high schools in Taiwan. Japan will also be sending a delegation of 20 representatives from a cross-party parliamentary group to take part in the National Day celebrations. When will Taiwan lift its mask mandate? Initially, CECC head Victor Wang had said that Taiwan would take steps toward easing face mask regulations after the removal of travel quarantines. The rules would allow people to go mask-free at all times except for specific situations such as public transport. The executive yuan on Thursday afternoon said that the mask mandate would not be lifted so soon, adding that masks would stay mandatory until at least year's end. Let's hear from the CECC. The main condition is lower COVID numbers. We expect that after this wave ends, COVID will continue to spread slowly in the community. That process may last until the end of the year. All countries still have rules on face masks. It's just that some are stricter than others. In crowded spaces, you might still want to consider wearing a face mask. The elections are approaching, and at many campaign events, older people shake hands with candidates. That can carry a high infection risk. Taiwan reported 42,212 local COVID cases on Thursday, a fall of 6.8 percent from last week. That marks the third day in a row with a lower tally from the week before. The CECC says the current COVID situation is headed in a good direction, asking members of the public to remain alert. 
Taiwan could end mandatory quarantines for international travelers as early as October 13th. That's according to the latest plan from the government, under which regulations will be eased in two stages. In the first stage starting September 29th, PCR testing on arrival will be scrapped and the cap on weekly arriving passengers raised to 60,000. If the circumstances permit, the second stage would see the end of quarantine and the lifting of Taiwan's ban on international tour group travel. In the first stage of easing border rules, Taiwan will raise its cap on weekly arrivals to 60,000 passengers starting September 29th. PCR tests will no longer be required upon arrival. Instead, travelers will be given rapid test kits. Taiwan is finally reopening to international travel with a gradual easing of border controls. The cap on weekly arrivals will be raised to 60,000 travelers. The 3 plus 4 quarantine model will stay in place, but arrivals can stay one to a room instead of one to a residence. We're doing away with saliva PCR testing upon arrival. Visa-exempt entry will resume for all countries eligible. We're announcing these changes today, and they will be implemented one week from now, starting September 29th. So the regulations are being eased so that travelers can monitor their health at home with rapid tests. They can carry out tests and monitor their condition themselves. One week after the first easing of rules, the government will move to remove travel quarantines altogether if the COVID situation permits. The quarantine system could end as early as October 13th. In mid-October, we can move on to the second stage of the reopening. That would increase the cap on weekly arrivals to 150,000 passengers will remove quarantines and adopt a 0 plus 7 model. Visa-exempt entry will be available to all eligible countries. The ban on international group travel will be lifted, and so on. After quarantines are removed, arrivals will still have to monitor their health for seven days. In contrast with the current four-day self-health management period, they will be allowed to go out for meals and take public transportation. A union of airline pilots says it hopes the government will also lift restrictions that force air crews to not leave their rooms while on assignment abroad. Out of 365 days in a year, air crews spend almost 200 days under some sort of surveillance or restrictions abroad and in Taiwan. The government should loosen these rules for airline workers immediately and provide any relevant supporting measures. The government is finally easing Taiwan's border restrictions, bringing Taiwan closer to normalcy.